When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. So what's that? Oh, just some appetizers before dinner. Before dinner? Yes. Are you going out? No. Ordering pizza? Nope. So... I made you dinner. Excuse me? Steak, green beans, mashed potatoes. But you made me dinner. That's right. You made me dinner. And dessert. Okay, what is going on here? I'm sorry, I thought it was obvious. It's Donna Reed night. Hey guys, this is Sandra. This is Emily. And I'm Jess. And welcome to today's town meeting. And now... It's time for Sandra's Sucky Summary. We start the episode with Dean walking into the Gilmore Girls' home with pizza because he's not an idiot. Although he also brings a salad, so Jerry's out. The girls are watching slash mocking an episode of the Donna Reed show when Dean shows his true colors. A woman making dinner for her husband every night and virtually being a slave is quote unquote nice. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a housewife, but as Lorelai puts it, Donna Reed is a character written by a man. Dean shuts up after that. Later on at Luke's, Rory's brain hurts, Taylor's on the beautification committee, and Lorelai offers to help paint the diner, which is super nice. Way to go, Lorelai. Especially considering how badly Lorelai misses up with her parents later on at Friday night dinner, when she A. points out they could go to Europe in the spring instead of the fall, and B. They don't have to fly first class. They can just fly coach. The horror. At the Gilmore house, Rory is four years old, Lorelai cannot sew a button, and Babette and Maury have a new family member, Apricot. Unfortunately, or rather fortunately, Maury got a gig at the famous Village Vanguard, and the Dell family are off to New York. But Apricot the kitten cannot go. Thankfully, Rory's there to catch it, and Lorelai has some severe separation anxiety. After school, Dean is waiting for Rory, who arrives with a chick, and an invitation to Babette's dollhouse. And Dean makes me hate him just a little bit more. I know Rory doesn't dump him, but god, Rory, dump him. These are what people call red flags, Rory. Back at Luke's, Lorelai is looking at paint colors while Luke is trying to serve customers, also, apparently Taylor and Kirk had a bet going as to whether Luke would ever paint his diner. Kirk apparently has zero faith in Luke, and Taylor really thought Luke would one day do it. Seems off. Rory's having kitten time, and still struggling over the Dean fight. Lorelai and Luke talk dads and how they try to connect with them. They also hide from Taylor and his army, and get very close to having a moment, or maybe even the moment, before Lorelai all but escapes. You know who also escapes? Stella, the chick. And even though Lorelai just left Luke, she calls him back to help her. To his surprise, there's actually a chick on the loose. Meanwhile, Rory plans an entire evening for Dean, 
grabs music from Lane, it dresses up and cooks dinner at LaDonna Reed. There are also 17 candles lit, I counted, in Babette's tiny dollhouse of a home. Rory takes his coat, offers appetizers, and is the perfect apron-wearing host. So what if she gives off serial killer vibes? There's green jello and cool wit. She's fine. Next door, Luke and Lorelai are no closer to finding Stella, mostly because Lorelai is still wondering why Luke would be surprised there's actually a chick on the loose. Before an answer can be reached, Luke finds Stella and the lemon lamp gets thrown out, where he sees Dean also throwing out the trash. Both Gilmore girls leave their respective house, and oh boy, what the hell are you doing indeed? The men leave rather hurriedly, and the women talk, mostly about Rory's outfit, that is, until Apricot goes missing. Do not, I repeat, do not give these women animals. The next day, after searching for Apricot till 1am and finding him in the piano, Lorelai gets told by Suki. No lies were said, but Lorelai still left in a huff. At the next Friday night dinner, Emily and Richard are having their own gender roles dispute, but hey, Arthur Roundtree died, so everything is peachy king. The Gilmores have snatched the place up in Martha's Vineyard again, but the fun doesn't stop there. For the second time, someone confronts Lorelai on Luke being her go-to. We come to the conclusion that Lorelai likes Luke. Maybe. The episode ends with Luke and Lorelai making plans for Friday to paint dinner, and that's it. Nothing else happens, except for, you know, a man catcalling Lorelai and then taking off his helmet to reveal he is Christopher. Rory's dad is back. And that was that damn Donna Reed. Let's discuss. Animals who are kind of a-holes. Nobody believed me. And yet here we are, another (laughs) episode full of animals just... Doing things that they shouldn't do. I argue that these animals are behaving the way animals do, and the people taking care of them suck at it. They're babies. (laughs) You don't expect baby humans to do what they're supposed to do. No, but if you had a baby that got lost in a piano, I'm worried. (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, We get the iconic, so is it a show? It's a lifestyle. It's a religion. Quote that I see all the time, usually about Supernatural. Yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of funny that Jared's in this scene, but I see that meme all the time. I mean, it's a great line. It's like one of those lines that you can pull out of the show and use elsewhere. It's very TikTokable. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so before we talk about Dean, because I'm sure we're going to talk extensively about Dean, let's talk about Donna Reed. So, have you guys ever watched an episode of The Donna Reed I have not. Donna Reed exists only in the Gilmore Girl world for me. I watched a few episodes of, like, Leave it to Beaver as a kid, which feels very Donna Reed-esque. Yes. So, Donna Reed, her real name is Donna um, Mullinger, and she was born in 1921, died in 1986. Uh, She began acting at 20. So she's well known for playing Mary Hatch Bailey and Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, and okay. Lorraine Burke in From Here to Eternity. Later on, she was on the show called Dallas. And uh, it was a whole controversy because apparently one of the women left. So she took over for her and then uh, the woman came back and Drama. she got fired. 
is a whole thing. But before that, in 1958 to 1966, she was Donna Stone in The Donna Reed Show. It ran for 275 episodes, and it prided itself on showing everyday family life in the 50s. However, sometimes, so like maybe 10 episodes of those 275 were about women's rights. And there were a couple episodes about the freedom of the press as well. Wow. Yeah. Uh, This is the first ever family sitcom to feature the mother as the center of the show. So before this, it was always Leave It to Beaver. It was about Beaver. Right. Right. And his parents were like the background. No, this is about her. And uh, there is an implication that the character of Donna is basically Reed herself. Like everything that she went through in real life, she kind of put it in this sitcom as well. And um, the characters, I want to talk about how the characters are described. Donna is described as an idealized middle-class housewife to Alex and mother to Mary and Jeff. She got married at 18 to Alex. She always wears heels, pearls, and dresses to do housework. And she and her husband sleep in twin beds. Ah, good old twin beds. Yep. And that's her description. Nothing else. Cool, right? I'm... Nope. You can't. But I wanted to focus on the kids. So Mary... The daughter is 14, and she already knows how to play the piano professionally, and she does ballet. That's her description. Jeff is 12 and is described as being a complex character. He plays sports, likes to eat, and teases his older sister. And that's it. Complex things. Basic little brother (laughs) stuff. complex. Okay. And that's the show. Okay. Uh, yeah, there are times where these issues have been raised of like, hey, there's a little bit of imbalance here, but it was not the norm. It This show was basically just a show, like a 50s mom being a mom. It does sound like it was a little progressive though for its time. Mm-hmm. To even have episodes yeah. about potentially controversial thoughts is, mm-hmm. for that time frame is actually very impressive, I think. And Rory is right later on. She says she was like an unspoken producer. She was. Nice. So. Very cool. Mm-hmm. That is Donna Reed. All right. Well, Donna Reed informs a, a fair bit of the plot of this episode. I mean, we have this B plot of painting the diner, but almost everything else revolves around the Donna Reed show and then the argument about the Donna Reed show. So we start off with Dean basically saying like he likes the whole concept of... We start off the episode with Dean getting shamed for bringing a salad to the Gilmore house. (laughs) That is true. That is where we start. Even though (laughs) we just saw her I was eating salad. (laughs) And she was eating a sad salad. the stuff has started, right? Yeah, the fruit uh, being the devil has started, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. basically. Um, Even though she does say that she needs fruit later on because she's getting scurvy. Yeah, girl, Pop-Tarts are not enough. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he brings a salad. He has his little salad. And then he's all like, you know, girls making food for guys. It's fine. I feel like Dean's argument, and this is throughout the entire episode, his argument would have a lot more 
like strength behind it if instead of saying well it's nice to come home to a wife making dinner for her husband be like no it's nice to come home for a spouse making dinner for their spouse Mm -hmm. yes like it doesn't or like we can go back and forth or something yeah yeah like it shouldn't be the woman and especially now like yeah in the 50s okay it wasn't as common for women to work they stay-at-home mom was a very common role that is not the case now for that to be the majority most families need two incomes to survive so to still continue to put all the stress on the mom who is also working a full-time job very unfair yeah and i think that the argument can also be made that like if if dean's point had been raised by a woman it would not have come across nearly as um like sexist right like because there are Mm -hmm. i i completely agree with your point emily but there are women still to this day who love being a homemaker right that's Mm -hmm. what they want to do Mm -hmm. there are some women today who still get pushed into that role against their will and that's completely inappropriate but there are women who you know they want to be a mom and they want to be a homemaker and that's something that brings them joy and, and it's their passion that's completely fine and that's not you know what we're arguing against here at all it's just this idea that god dean why would you just he doubles down he doubles down every time she gives him an option to like think about what he said he's like "Mm -mm, i'm no it's nice yeah dean it is nice if you are with somebody and you have a very adult consensual understanding that Hi, I I am the person who wants to be a homemaker. And oh, okay. I I like that you want to be a homemaker. And I'm the other person who's going to work. That's fine. But that's not what Rory's at. It just drives me crazy. I honestly, no. I think they're having two separate fights. Yeah. Like Rory is fighting the stigma of women have to be stay-at-home moms and they're oppressed into this role and that in the 50s there was no not just the 50s obviously, but for a time that that was their option. There were no other choices. You were a stay-at-home mom or you were a failure as a woman, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I feel like Dean's argument is just, hey, it's okay to do this. Like, I don't think he's quite getting the oppression behind it. I think he's just trying to say, hey, it's okay if a woman does this. Yeah. And I think there was a disconnect in their two fights at the beginning of the episode. Just in that one scene. He's looking at it from the male perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. He's not even thinking about the female perspective in this situation at all. I think that's why their fights don't. I just, I don't feel like their fight lines up. No. I don't feel like they're fighting for the same thing. Even though it's a similar topic, obviously. But, and then he just gets worse off. Yeah, it's the episode. (laughs) Yeah, which we'll talk about. At this point in time, Dean is smart. He shuts up. And I think right now you could almost give him a pass just because he's trying to say hey if a woman likes to do this and wants to do this it's okay yeah Mm -hmm. as of now dean you get a pass as of the first scene is what emily is saying two minutes in this episode (laughs) you get a pass the rest of the episode it just crash and burns (laughs) so we move on to luke steiner and like you said jess this is the b plot um, Luke finally has a special board. Hooray. Also, 
I am so pissed off at myself for the first episode saying that there was a mug wall that we never see again. I just apparently never <laughs> paid attention because this mug wall is there forever and they added to it. They added a whole nother mug wall. People like to drink out of mugs. So I'm wrong. I am very sorry. This is my apology for never noticing the mug wall. <laughs> this is our first edition Shame. of uh, Corrections and... Yes. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with us. <laughs> the big green frame is still not there, though. Mm-mm. That was in the pilot. That is that is still gone. Yeah. That is, and the weird letters in yeah. the background, completely gone. We were right about that much. <laughs> Do you think it maybe was Taylor? Taylor who came in with this beautification community? <laughs> I mean, guys, I, I have a bone to pick with Taylor, uh, which I could save to the fashion. So does everyone. But, like, I'm going to say it right now. That man has worn the same cardigan every time we've seen him. The first time I saw it, I he was like, oh my gosh, one. Taylor in a cardigan. The man loves a cardigan. He loves a cardigan. It's one cardigan. <laughs> and it's got those little elbow patches on it. And he just wears it every day, all day long. This cardigan is nasty. <laughs> so, I mean, start really thinking about that, though. Like, how often do we see him in not that like that is his that's outfit. his outfit he just yeah. changes hopefully gosh i have not looked at whatever is underneath because usually you could see like a collar popping out no it's like the cartoons when they open their closet and they have like six black shirts and six yep. jean jackets because they wear the exact taylor just opens his closet and has like eight cardigans all the exact same he went to costco <laughs> Just bought all of them. That is his. I mean, closet. but that's supposed to be like one of the habits of highly successful people, right? Is having a uniform. Like Steve Jobs had a uniform. Taylor Dozier <laughs> yeah. has a uniform. You could call him if you want the same Steve level. Jobs of same Stars level. Hollow. <laughs> you know what he is? Annoying. Yeah. He is so annoying. Yeah. My God, if I had to deal with a mayor slash he's not even mayor of my town like that, I would. Die. And the thing is, he's not even, like, this isn't going to be the right term. He's not even, like, nasty yet. Because later on, Taylor is, like, not nice. So far, he's just been yeah. annoying. And he continues to be. And it kind of is in Lorelai's favor. To be honest, Luke's diner needs a spruce, like, real yeah. bad. That, the trim in that diner is disgusting. Yeah. Like, it it looks like it should have been white at some point. Yeah. And it's not anymore. So at this point, like, it's covered in, in grease and sawdust from the hard... Like, I don't know. But it's got, like, a strong smoker yellow tint to it. <laughs> it really does. But uh, Lorelai offers to paint. Now, do you think Lorelai offered to paint to paint because the place is just a wreck? Or to spend time with Luke. I mean, I think that's kind of the big debate here. Because I don't think Lorelai is even sure when she's making this decision, right? Rory says something about she loves to paint. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we have this this thought that, yeah, she just likes to paint for painting's sake. And she's always friends with Luke. But I think it might be like a subconscious thing where it's like an opportunity to be alone with him. I think it almost has to be subconscious because she gets way too defensive later in the episode when it's brought out for it to be a conscious thought i guess yeah or at that point she's just still processing 
those the feels. There's a lot of processing <laughs> in this episode. I mean, there's been a lot of processing kind of in general yeah, where Luke sure. is concerned. Since Max and her broke up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even since before, right? Like, if you take into account forgiveness and stuff, like... You know, that was even a big processing episode for for Lorelai, like, accepting what her mom is thinking about Luke. And, like, the girl has been working hard in her brain about this handsome diner man. And we finally make a little progress. And then... I'm, I'm almost disappointed just overall of the whole series. Like, season one really pushes this line. Yeah. Really. Yeah, it really does. And I feel like it just kind of, like, drops off. And I could be, just because I haven't watched season two in, you know, a month and a half, that I'm not remembering it being pushed nearly this hard Mm-mm. until they finally get together. Like, they, this season cements the Luke and Lorelai. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I think it this is season there. is Luke and Lorelai, and the next season is Jess and Rory slash Dean mm-hmm. triangle, that they just kind of forget about the the progress they had made with Lorelai. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, eventually in the not too distant future, we start getting like other love interests for Luke, right? We go through Rachel. That is true too. We go through Nicole. We go through Anna, you know, like eventually he starts having his own romantic life um, that allows for separation from Lorelai. And it allows us to dive into Lorelai's relationships without having that Luke connection. But I think you're right. Like, I yeah. genuinely did not remember how heavy they pushed Luke and Lorelai in this first season. Yeah. And I mean, I'm here for it. But. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> it, like, as a person who is, you know, if we were watching this fresh, going into season two, it would be a shock. Like, wait, where did all of that Why go? Why are they not together yet? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. <sighs> So we move on to Friday night dinner, and I know we're going to talk about fashion, but Rory just looked really pretty Yeah, in that Friday night dinner. Yeah. Like, something about the makeup and the, the I color. I think a big point of it was also that she had done her hair differently. She had, like, a low side pony, which mm-hmm. stood out to me just because Rory's hair has thus far not been something they've done very much with you know it's usually down maybe with a barrette maybe with a clip and in this episode we have a few cute new hairstyles from her i really like them so okay guys i looked up martha's vineyard and how much it costs to rent versus buy are you ready for these prices now keep in mind 2021 prices versus 2000 prices but 20 years difference before 2008 so it might be a little different but okay right now if you wanted to rent her night, a nice place that at least has two bedrooms, it's $500 a night. Okay. And I think that we can assume that the Gilmores would get something with more than two bedrooms, you know? Yes. Yeah. So that is the cheapest, is that mm-hmm. 500 The most expensive was about twelve to 1500 depending per on how night. many bedrooms. That's what they would get. Per night. Ooh, per night. That's like an entire month's rent. <laughs> now, say you want to buy a house. Um, and I say house loosely because imagine a shack. Okay? Something with four walls. With one bedroom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and one bathroom. That is half a million dollars. That's crazy. Who buys that with that much money? Somebody who sees the potential in the land, maybe? 
I mean, but then you have to build it, yeah, so you're maybe. still out the money. So the most expensive is a nine-bedroom, eight-bathroom place. Um, it is bigger, but it's not, don't think like mansion, Beverly Hills style. Like, it is a big mm-hmm. house. $26 million. Oof. Chump change. I yeah. make that in a day. <laughs> so, in my dreams. <laughs> I tried to find a house that I would picture uh, Emily and Richard in, right? That is nice, that is not Mm -hmm. a shack, right? And I found one that it looks almost identical to their house in in Stars Hollow, not Stars Hollow, in Hartford. That would be uh, three bedrooms, four bathrooms. It was $1.4 million. Okay. I mean, like, we've maybe touched on it briefly before, but later on in this series, they talk about potentially buying an airplane so we mm-hmm. have to kind of assume that these people are just like a little bit rich rich you know like where they could yeah, yeah. potentially just buy oh, yeah. a million dollar but not rich rich yeah rich, right like logan <laughs> there's a there's a difference <laughs> they're no taylor dozy you know they're not out here wearing the same cardigan <laughs> every day <laughs> um yeah geez that's i mean that's insanely expensive and so have either of you ever been to martha's vineyard no nope i mean i'd like to go sometime but like yeah i feel like i'd have to meet people my parents i'd have to split it with somebody or yeah yeah. let's do that as a trip (laughs) each one of us can take one night there we go cool five hundred dollars for one night (laughs) a long weekend (laughs) right or maybe like a single night (laughs) where is martha's vineyard is it in Maine? It's in the East Coast somewhere. Yeah. Um, I would prefer the Hamptons. Let's do the Hamptons. <laughs> or I Party mean, it up. if we're gonna be bougie, let's do the Hamptons. Or we could be uh, cheap and we could go to the Olympic Peninsula, tour. Oh, I don't know, Port Angeles and Forks, Washington. Are you doing another Twilight <laughs> reference? That's what's happening right now. I have a quota. <laughs> But yeah, so Richard and Emily find form this this episode. They are being bougie. They're being rich. They're being super white. They're like, Coach, how how dare you even mention yeah. that? This is like I don't understand yeah. the hatred of going to Europe in the spring. Like, Me why does it have to be the fall? Europe. In, I went Europe to Europe in, in the spring. It was beautiful. Europe in the fall. Yeah. Europe in the spring. It's still Europe. They're like the caricatures of rich Budget people wise? in this episode. You know, they're just like so over the top, obnoxious white rich people that we haven't really seen this side of them before. You know, like so far they've just not been really not to this more like kind of overbearing rich parents, and now it's like. We're rich and we're funny. <laughs> no, we're bougie. <laughs> They're very bougie. Yeah, it's just too much. <laughs> Every two years for his class, obviously. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, I wish. Your first wish. class is very expensive. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine being so rich that you can choose not to go to Paris in the spring because you're being spiteful? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. <sighs> I wish I could. Um, so Rory studying for something history. I wasn't really paying attention. There were years mentioned. I'm assuming it's history. There was some really interesting camera work where they go like from the uh, place cards 
and then they twirl and they go up towards Lorelai. Um, it kind of reminded me, I've been watching Loki, and there's yeah. some camera work there too that it's like upside down. Um, I just didn't understand why it was in a Gilmore Girls episode. <laughs> I don't understand why Lorelai's trying to sew a button on a cardigan while she's wearing it. Yeah. yeah that was Take it off. Too. She's got a shirt on. Yeah. Just, just don't put it on yet. It was, it like, it had that very, so we have just seen in the last episode or the one before, that very choreographed scene in the kitchen, right? Where they're, like, oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. perfect sync, grabbing their coffee and their Pop-Tarts, and this is, like, this is kind of the opposite of that, where they're, like, all kind of out of yeah. sync, but then, boom, in walks Babette, and, like, she, like, brings order yeah. back, right? It's like yeah, she walks yeah. in and it's like, oh, this is our thing. This is something we do. She says she doesn't want coffee, which means she does want coffee. And like, <laughs> I love that it's part. It's so great. And I love that, you know, she just walks out with their mug. And the first time I watched it, I was like, their mug. And I was like, no, she lives next door. Like, this is a thing. I love it. What I loved was that the Village Vanguard is a real place. Ooh. It's a jazz club in New York City. And it's actually very prestigious. Right. Castle Blues um, and very famous. Yeah. So like good on you, Maury, yeah. for uh, getting a gig there. Cool. And getting the world's cutest cat. Oh my gosh. We'll oh my get gosh. to this yes. cat. But it was so yeah. cute. I have a note about that. <laughs> but yeah, uh Babette gives Rory kind of a great opportunity to cats it all by her lonesome. Yeah. And and watch those four girls talking dirty. The view? <laughs> my In my head, the first people that came to mind were the Golden Girls. <laughs> and, and then I was like, oh, no, this is Sex in the City. Yeah, Sex in the City. <laughs> you know, Cable. <laughs> yeah, I totally I was went like, to Golden the view. Girls. I had no idea. <laughs> I love Sex in the City, too. So I always thought it was so glamorous, though. It looked oh, so glamorous. Yeah. You know what was weird and not glamorous and just confusing? Lorelai comparing her and Rory to married couples and wondering yeah. why. Like, it was just weird. I don't know. The separation anxiety that Lorelai has anytime Rory is, like, gone for five seconds is just a little too much for me. Well, I understand Rory's a child. And she says at one point, like, this will only be our second night apart or We've only something spent two like nights that, apart yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So, okay. She was apart during the snowstorm when she had to stay yeah. in Hartford. Mm-hmm. And then technically, I guess, the night of the dance when she fell asleep. Yeah. So, like, are those the two nights she's referencing? I'm assuming, or... yeah, that's the implication, right? But then, I mean, I mentioned it during the, the episode with the snowstorm. Like, Lorelai just has Super no chill. issue okay. with her. Yeah. Be safe. So, super weird. And also, as a single mom, I cannot, for the life of me, understand how Lorelai is still alive without ever sending (laughs) Rory away for just one night to get a full night's sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know where she would send Rory, but, like, somewhere. I mean... If, like, going with this canon of the girls have never spent a night apart, does that mean Lorelai has never slept over at a boyfriend's house? Yeah. She's always, you know, dying She always dashed. comes home. It's <laughs> exactly I mean, she have we never dashes. saw her with Max, like, sleeping over? I think she always came home. 
Yeah. Oh, yikes. There are definitely implications that it was late many times when she came yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Well, Lorelai even, like, predicts her future. Because she's like, when you're dorming, I'm just going to sleep next oh, to yeah. you. Yeah, I, I saw that too. And I was like, yeah, girl, you yep, literally You're will. not wrong. <laughs> you're exaggerating to make a point. But no, you do this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I thought it was funny because later in the episode, and I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves, later in the episode, Lorelai says, you know, I knew if you had a house to yourself, you were going to invite your boyfriend over, but I didn't think you'd do this. So, like, that also kind of was confusing to me because last time Rory had a night alone with her boyfriend, it was, like, the worst thing that has ever happened in the history of Stars Hollow. So... But she likes Dean now. Yeah, because he showed up with a Lorelai salad. gets Dean. Yeah. And Emily wasn't there to witness it. Yeah, that's true. True. Um, speaking of Dean, we jump into Dean waiting for Rory. Rory is inexplicably with a chick. Case like, study really... number 12. I don't. Yeah. I don't get the vibe that this is a home ec lesson. Um, no, this is it's definitely more like bio. Like bio. This is a science yeah. class, yeah. yeah. I mean, but still, and I guess, again, this is, like, a very wealthy school that has resources, but from, like, having worked in high schools, having worked in a school system, I would never send a living creature home with a teenager. And I'm surprised Lorelai didn't know about it, because, like, that's not something you spring on your class. Hey, you're all taking home baby chicks. So did Rory, like, like, do you need a permission slip? Yeah. I don't know. So did Rory just like not tell Lorelai or it was probably did she in not the read the newsletter? <laughs> yeah, it was probably in the newsletter. That's right. Um, but okay, Dean grabs the chick and he also makes a comment <sighs> about the oppressive housewives. Like, are you looking and for then a fight? He, and then he gets mad when she like yes, he's like it's just a joke. Responds. No, it's That's not gaslighting, a joke, Dean. Because at this point in time, even in the 2000s, it might not be nearly as common, but there are still plenty of oppressed women who cannot do what they want because of of society, because of family, because they're in a cult. God knows what else. Yeah. But, like, you don't make light of that. You're dating a, a woman who is raised by a single mother who are clearly feminists. Why? Yeah. Sandra, you said you were going to be too angry in this episode, and I just went on a rant. <laughs> um, I'm about to go on my rant. Okay. So as a child of a divorced uh, couple who uh, did not have a very, uh, let's say, nice parting, right? I heard a lot of, you're acting like your mom right now, mm. growing up, right? And that's what Dean does with Rory. Like, Ugh. oh, uh, you just think that because your mom thinks that. And it's like, oh, I'm so glad Rory said Oh, I guess I have no opinions. Why don't you just go ahead and be like, are you on your period? (sighs) There there is nothing. Like, just punch him in the dick and move on. (laughs) I'm just, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, Dean, I mean, Dean starts a fight that he's not prepared to have. And then he gets mad when she responds in a very legitimate, upset manner. And then... I mean, skipping ahead again, 
We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Dean's behavior <laughs> continues to be whack. I do agree with what you said, Emily, before about that they're having two different fights. Because mm-hmm. I think what Dean is in his head, he's like, oh, we're just fighting about the show. Right? Mm-hmm. And Rory is not fighting about the show. She's no. literally She's... fighting for, like, women and the right to yes. choose and the right to, you know, like, and he doesn't she... get any of that. She literally nope. says, you go, Sister Suffragette. And I don't know about you guys, but, like, my school did not teach about the suffragette movement. Like, I had I to learn so. all of this oh, no. in, like, college. So I learned a lot about Cuba and, like, nothing about <laughs> suffragettes. Yeah. I learned about Cuba. I learned about the American Revolution, the Industrial Revolution. Nothing about women's rights. The Civil Rights Movement was very glossed over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I seriously don't know if Dean would understand what a suffragette is. Yeah, I just... Dean, listen, Dean had already lost me a long time ago, but I was trying to be chill, but Dean absolutely lost me here, and I can never be chill about him again. I dislike him. Well, it's just, like, it's also so frustrating to see this be, like, Rory's first relationship. Yeah. Because I feel like, I mean, I don't know about you guys and, like, first boyfriends and stuff, or first partners, but... I didn't really get into a whole lot of, like, deep discussions with my first boyfriend. You know, like, we kissed and went to dances and, you know, talked about what we were going to do in college. Like, it was Mm -hmm. very light and airy. Yes. It's when you're, like, with somebody that you're, like, I want to make sure that our views align. I see a future that you really get into this kind of stuff. And with them, it's just, like hi, I'm big and dumb, and I'm going to say dumb shit. (laughs) (laughs) Dean's character description. He's a very (laughs) complex character. He's a very complex character. He likes sports and and hot eating. (laughs) And he likes to tease girls. Like, that's him. Uh, Um, Well, that was, like, the first real fight, right? I mean, we've had a slight bickering with uh, Todd, I guess. Yeah. But, like, no big fight between them. I don't even think Todd was near, like, nearly a, was a fight. It was just like, hey, Rory, stop stalking your friend in this double date. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and, I meant more when um she was asking him oh, and he, he wanted to kiss about her. It. Well, yeah. And that, that, I mean, that too wasn't a fight. Granted, that was yeah. also clearly Dean not respecting boundaries. Well, yeah. But, that, yeah, yeah. This is the first fight. Mm-hmm. She doesn't tell Lorelai. And at this point, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Rory does not share boy problems with Lorelai. She doesn't go running to Lane either. So at this point, no. she's no. keeping it all in. I do like that at one point, she's like, I'm going to go turn it around. I'm going to go make this day better. So yeah. yeah, you go, girl. So we go back to Luke's diner um, where she's picking out colors. I want to mention some background stuff. Because this is funny. Like the people who are actively still trying to dine? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But before that, uh, there's a prep for tomorrow sign in the background uh, where I guess Luke has written down what he needs for tomorrow. And he misspelled tomatoes. Oh, no. <laughs> Was it the E? <laughs> yes. He yeah. does not add the E. I can forgive and, that, uh... though. I mean, it's a tricky it was one. Like, T-O-M-M-A-T-O, like that. I'm like, oh, Luke. <laughs> Tomato. <laughs> I can forgive. 
Well, I mean, I don't picture Luke as a person misspelling tomatoes. That's first season Luke, very much like first season Dean is the smartest yeah. Luke we will ever have. So if he was ever going to smell tomatoes, right? Smell tomatoes? It would be now. Smell tomatoes. <laughs> it would be now. Environmentally healthy Luke? Yeah. I'm not no. going to lie, guys. I'm not 100% sure I always spell tomato correctly. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You know what? It's fine. It's fine. Um, I want to mention some of the other things on that side. Cranberry sauce, olive oil, fine. Salmon steaks? Who is going to Luke's diner to eat salmon? I mean, I love salmon. Y'all know I'm a Pacific Northwest girl. I've defended but salmon, diner? but a not diner? at a diner in Connecticut. No. <laughs> Yikes! It's a hard pass. That was it. That was all my background stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just and the lady just like staring down Lorelai. Well, yeah. Can you imagine if you were sitting at dinner and somebody who did not work there was loudly walking around your table with paint There's samples? So many paint samples. So, so many. many. <laughs> I would feel like they were trying to make me leave. Yeah. Right? It's like it's like when you can tell that wait staff is like ready for you to go. That's what I would think was happening. <laughs> but like the so the paint swatches that she holds up that she ends up pointing out later as her favorite, that greeny, tealy color. Yeah. And mm-hmm. orange for the trim. Yep. Orange. Green because and orange. The trim is that dirty, it's closer <laughs> to orange. Then again, just white, 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 maybe a I, yellow. We could say yellow to be really kind. <laughs> I mean, it's almost close to what Emily says later about that uh, green and pink is atrocious. Yeah, it's uh, close to that. I mean, there was a pink option that Lorelai was. Was it there blue was. and pink? It was blue and pink. Taylor, and Taylor was like, "I option. like that." <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think that the. The only way to do this right, especially after the conversation they have about dads, is to do it in kind of the existing colors, but in a nicer mm-hmm. version. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a blue and pink diner no. for Luke. So we continue with Luke uh, after closing. So there's no customers. <laughs> which This should have been the first step. Uh, uh, they're drinking some beer. And... Um, Andrew coming in and just snapping a photo of them made me laugh. So I am hard. convinced Taylor coached him. Go in, take all the pictures you can before he kicks you out because he will kick you out. Like, because he just starts <laughs> snapping. He's not even aiming at anything right away. He's just pushing the button as fast as he can. And it's really fun to see Andrew and to see Kirk as well. Like, mm-hmm. we're seeing more of those characters from Stars Hollow coming in. I think it's weird that Kirk didn't have faith in Luke. I Yeah, I think that if you were to take their characters as they are by the end of season seven, this would have been reversed. Yeah. Like, Luke's always going to have Kirk's support, and, like, Taylor's yeah. always going to be against, you know? Like, when I think of Kirk, I always think of Kirk at Luke's diner just saying some random shit uh, what, with his, like, rye bread sandwich thing. Yeah. And just being, like, obsessed with Luke. I still always picture him when he dresses up like Luke. <laughs> yes. With <laughs> the backwards cap and the flannel. <laughs> At this point, I, I think it makes sense because I feel like Kirk is just focused on Luke's stubbornness. Mm-hmm. Which, at this point, makes sense. Yes. We yes. don't know Kirk yeah. very much. We don't really don't know Taylor very much other than that he's annoying. Um, and that Kirk has multiple personalities. 
this is like a very grounded Kirk still, right? Like, yes. Mm-hmm. The way he goes through this entire interaction is very much like Andrew is the weirdo, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And yet mm-hmm. he's still hanging out with Taylor. Taylor, who might be his dad. <laughs> I mean, everybody's hanging out with Taylor, apparently. <laughs> uh, speaking of dads, uh, Luke talks a little bit about his dad. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, it's really nice to get more background on Luke. Yeah. Yeah. They're fleshing out his character for sure. Yeah. Can you just picture like Luke's dad sitting on the floor with like a Sharpie in his hand, drawing yeah. on this, or like, well, writing on the side of that cabinet of like, okay, two hammers, whatever the order was, like phone hunched yeah. up against his head. Yeah. I, just, I mean, it was cute. I w- I'm curious what you guys think about this scene because. You know, they, they're talking about dads, and this was his hardware store, and I kind of left it the same, blah, blah, blah. And then Luke is like, you know, I think there's a spot on the wall somewhere where he took an order. And he, like, knows exactly where it is, yeah. but he's playing very coy about it. Yeah. And I, I think it could potentially have been him, like, just trying to have this opportunity to, like, get them close together. You know, because, like, like, he sits down right on the floor, she gets down on the floor. Yeah. I feel like it was a very intentionally flirty type thing. Yeah. Whether he meant meant it like that or not, I don't know, but it was very flirty. I I had, I thought what he was trying to do was he wanted to share that with her. I don't think he shares that with many people. So, like, and it's behind the counter, it's not something you can easily see. He knows exactly where it is, kind mm-hmm. of thing, and I think it was so. It's important to him, obviously, yeah. and that he wanted to show that to Lorelai. And I love yeah, that I she is immediately like, you know, this spot we don't need to spruce. You know, this mm-hmm. we're gonna leave because she recognizes the importance of it for him. Yeah. All I could think of in that moment while they're there, kiss. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, just it was... kiss. Wow, they really like each other. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that, that moment where Taylor and his literal army, army. are <laughs> pounding on the door and the windows. Who are like, all these people with him and Andrew? And what do they think they're going to accomplish? Like, they obviously know Luke. Do they really think he's going to be like, oh, come in and tour the place before we paint? Uh, it's so bizarre. But, you know, and Lorelai's like, no, stay down here. And then they crawl forward. And it's like it's the it's a it's the kiss moment. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. how easy would it have been? How right would it have been? Yes. But I mean, no, no. That's the whole point. The whole point of everything that happens with Luke and Lorelai in this episode is that we, the viewer, are supposed to be like, "Oh, hey, here it comes!" Right? This is the buildup. The entire first season has been building up to this moment. And then the very end of this episode, well, not the very end, but the end of this episode is like, uh-uh-uh. Did you think we were giving you something? Uh-uh. We're, no, we're no. not there yet. We're not there yet. We don't talk about this person just yet. <laughs> but, so I refuse so to talk to actually him. stops it, though. Like, Lorelai yes, is yes, the yes. one that is like, I should go. Yes. Like, yeah. should Luke have made the move, made the move, like, half a second sooner before she had the chance to, like, I, I don't think come she to her mind? Yeah. I don't think uh-huh. she's fully there yet. No. I think it would have been, like, um, how they actually do kiss, where he goes in for it and she steps back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except, 
I think she would have stepped that back for real. Like, yeah. not allowed yeah. it at all. So, they have this kind of confusing paint date, right? Where it's going to happen, and then it doesn't happen, and they kind of part on fine terms. Mm-hmm. And then Luke gets what he thinks is a booty call. Like, yep. straight yeah, up. Yeah. That's, I mean, the way he... The way he is on the phone, the way he is when he shows up, this guy thinks, okay, I'll oh. come look for your chick. Like, Sure. Oh, oh, you really do have a chick loose. <laughs> yeah. I think he thought, like, she stopped a moment because we were at Luke's diner, we were at the diner, mm-hmm. and uh, there were people outside. Now we can continue the moment in private. Yeah. Yeah. No. There is a chick on the loose. <laughs> Literally. Stella. Stella! Stella. <laughs> you think the whole point of this episode with the chick was just to make that joke? Yeah. But yes. Yes. Yeah. ASP <laughs> watched A Streetcar Named Desire a week before this script was written. Mm-hmm. She's like, I need a Stella moment. <laughs> so what was funny when, it was, when I was watching it, I noticed background stuff and I was like, oh, that lemon lamp is new. <laughs> Nope. Lemon Lamp does not stay for very long. does not survive long. the night. No. And this this episode and the whole, there really is a chick, chick here, it felt kind of mirroring, or it felt kind of like it was mirroring in Forgiveness and stuff when she tells him, like, you look nice all the time. And he's like, I do? This kind of felt like him being like, oh, you really do have a chicken here. And her being like, what did you mean? Like, she's trying to get that validation back from him, of him being like, oh, I thought you were calling me over here for... Like, she wants to hear him say it, but he's not going to say it. I don't know. I I almost wonder if she's being just almost deliberately obtuse, obtuse. Yeah. about the whole thing of, like, not even letting herself go there to be like, that's what he means. Because we see in the yeah. future, too, when she has her discussion with Suki... I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Lorelai's brain. I don't know if she's like, you know, all red flags like, oh shit, I like Luke a lot. Yeah. Or if it's more of a, oh, what are these feelings kind of vibe. I don't know. Let's talk about Rory and Dean. Well, but first let's... let's talk about Apricot. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Apricot is one so of the cute. cutest kittens of all time. It makes so me want a kitten. Audibly odd. Oh, <laughs> like my cats are full grown. I want a kitten, right? Like my but, cat just mm. turned one, and it makes me want a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> it just—it's a very no sweet, very orange little kitten. Um, yeah. And we, so I mean, everything that leads up to essentially what turns into a, the Rory Dean date night is kind of a blur, right? We see her feeding the kitten. And, like, we kind of see, like, the gears turning in her head. Like, she's still mm-hmm. trying to figure out what she's doing. And we do get a brief lane moment. We do. Yeah. The closet has disappeared. It is now floorboards. Yes. I love the floorboards thing. That's, like, one Me of too. the things I always think about when I think about lane. And mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in a house with wooden floors or old floors or anything. But, like, man, if I'd had That's floorboards... So cool. I would have stashed so much stuff. (laughs) 
Did you guys notice that each floorboard has a little hole? Oh, so yeah. Like a finger hole? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm like, Mrs. Kim is never going to lift up these finger holes? Well, depends on how will. observant she is. <laughs> yeah. Not but, yet. Or chooses yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah. Lane is just being Lane, doing homework. And I thought it was just, it was interesting that Rory just came right in. I mean, she must have come in through too. the store and... I didn't get that vibe previously. I I, fi- I found it very interesting because normally I feel like it's so it's dark out. You can see through the windows. It's late enough to be dark out. So winter after six p.m. Like yeah. I can see Mrs. Kim at that point. Like no six p.m. dinner seven to nine homework and then bed. Like I yeah can yeah kind of, like I'm surprised that Rory was like allowed up there. That's what I was I'm thinking. Surprised Rory didn't take her tree up there. Like she did the last time. <laughs> oh yeah, that's totally a legit point too. Yeah. Like we've seen, she has alternate ways, but mm-hmm. nope, she's just coming for. I mean, what is honestly contraband? A CD yeah. in the house. And so it's again, that what weird did she tell one. Mrs. Kid? Like I want to borrow a book, but she doesn't walk out with a book. So yeah, just interesting. Just, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Kim is is gone for the episode. A weird little moment. And then... Yeah. Yep. Maybe Mrs. Gets... Kim is at Bible study. <gasps> Perfect. Maybe, but Lane would be there too. True. Not necessarily. I mean, sometimes groups are age-based. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Because at one point yeah. too, like when Lane is getting into the band and the drums and everything, and she has specific practice nights because her mom's doing some church thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can yeah. Mrs. Kim is at church. So we've <laughs> or decided. Doing something related. <laughs> So Rory has secured the weird CD, and yes. we get this shot of her talking on the phone to Dean. And I want to know if you guys think the same thing about that shot when you see it as when I see it. She's sitting in the chair. She's got her Donna Reed hair, but she looks like she's naked. Do either of you guys oh. pick up on that? The way no. that it is framed, you cannot see her outfit at all. I did notice that. that she you just can't looks see her outfit. She looks to me like she's naked, and it looked in my head like it was supposed to be kind of like a bait and switch because we know that she has the house to herself for the night and she's planning something. She's got special music, and then she's on the phone with him because the outfit is a reveal to the viewer as well as to Dean when she opens the door. Right? So, like, this moment, it looks to me like she's sitting naked, being like, are you going to come over? I I see okay, where you see get it. that. I'm looking I at it. I see it, yeah. But, like, that thought never even went me into either. my head. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, like, every time I see it, I'm like... Because, I mean, well, you know, teenagers, but... <laughs> my biggest issue... I have not biggest issue, but logistically, because this bothers me, like, okay, it's completely dark outside when she's feeding Apricot. In this time frame, she decides she's going to do this, finds this fancy dress with the crinoline and and the high heels. Where did she find goes that? Goes to the store, gets steak, <laughs> potato, like, even if the food is already at Babette's, even if that already gets there. She learns how to make steak. Right? This girl who's never appetizers. cooked. An appetizer. Steak I can understand better than the appetizers. Well, I think the appetizers was just like 
cracker, just like cheese whiz on top. Cheese whiz. And her potatoes were boxed. It has to be nine o'clock by this point that the time he shows up. Like, there's yeah. no way that, like, <laughs> I plan my meals in advance for the week. I can't get home and decide at six if I'm going to make a steak dinner. And Jello. Jello <laughs> takes forever. Right? So, like, well, unless you get Jello cups and just. It's true. That's most likely what she did was buy Jello and just jab it down into those fancy yeah. little glasses that I assumed that they had. Yeah. I mean, they mentioned the mashed potatoes are boxed. Yeah. And yeah. that the beans were baked. Yeah. Or canned. Canned. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so I can only assume the steak is just from Dozie's and, like, she just ran around town. Yeah. I mean, but, like,. Yeah, I mean, I guess the steak would be from Dozie's. And now, like in 2021, I feel like most grocery stores have a pretty solid, like, pre-made stuff yeah. section. Mm-hmm. But I don't Not get that then. vibe from Dozie's either. Like, a small town grocery store. Like, how many people Even are really going to come in wanting a steak? Like, the grocery store I grew up with. Like, I remember the first time oh, wait. I went to, like, Sorry. a Meyer and Nobles one. I was like, oh, they have rotisserie chickens. I've never <gasps> seen cooked food at a grocery store before. <laughs> There's a there's a butcher. There is a butcher. Yes, oh, Lindsay goes Sartala. to the butcher. But yeah. again, does he cook it? Because like, I'm probably not. I mean, what kind of no, butcher she cooks it? Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean the butcher? I was like, Dean doesn't cook it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Between the steak and the dress, where did this dress come from? And it, I mean, I it fits know. her perfectly. It's not it a Lorelei dress. Be. It's definitely not a Lorelei dress. It can't it's not be a Babette dress. dress. Unless Maybe like it's one from her youth. Maybe a costume for Miss Patty? Yeah. But then she would have had to go to Miss Patty, and she would have had to say, Hey, Miss Patty, do you have a dress that looks like Donna Reed would wear it? And you know Patty'd be asking questions. Yeah. So that would have taken time. And then she would have called Lorelai. Like, <laughs> in my head, this is a dress that Babette used to wear back in the 50s. Is that too... That's too... That would be too old. Too old. It? I, I mean, imagine Babette to be about the same age as my grandparents, and they were both born, okay. born in the 40s. Yeah. Okay, so, so that dress maybe would she be... would have been a teenager. She would have worn it, like, during the 50s revival of, like, the 70s. Maybe, yeah. I, I feel like it would, Babette would have been too young to have a dress yeah. that fits Rory at that time. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, she gets this dress, and it's, I mean, it she looks, looks great adorable. On her. She's so cute. Yeah, and w- we could talk about it in fashion, but. Yeah, we'll talk about it in fashion, because I feel like it needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, she meets Dean outside wearing this huge circumference of a dress, which is a great uh, term. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, <laughs> great way to describe, <laughs> describe a dress. Um, and. Uh, I thought she was still angry at him. She's not. She's not. She's like flipped the switch. And I mean, I Dean also <laughs> says trick or treat, which I just <laughs> thought, you know, if I dressed yeah. up to impress my boyfriend, that's fair, you know. And he says trick or treat. Would you not be horrified? Well, I guess it depends on how I dressed up. I mean, you know, at that if point, I, it's just so out of the blue, out of the box, like nobody was anticipating. I just, I feel like as long as he's not an outright dick about it, any reaction is kind of fair game. Like, unless yeah. he's be like, you're fugly and walks away. 
so this is this is really funny, and I I briefly mentioned it to you guys before we started recording. Um, but I did this because you know yet another example of something that Rory Gilmore did, and it stuck in my like subconscious brain is something that you do when you have a boyfriend. I had my parents leave because I was the world's best kid and they were like, we trust you. And I had my boyfriend come over and I made him a big fancy dinner. I cooked focaccia from scratch. Like I baked it. Um, and I made this red pepper pasta sauce and we had pasta. And I mean, like none of it was great. Like all of it was like a little (laughs) bit off. But, you know, I wore my apron and and we ate dinner and I think he helped. There was like toasting pine nuts involved. And so, I mean, he helped. It wasn't exactly like the dean shows up and dinner's on the table kind of situation. But I I did this and I I think my boyfriend liked it. Like, I don't know. (laughs) He didn't break (laughs) up with me. (laughs) That's so cute, though. Did he say trick or treat when he saw you? He did not. I don't think okay, I, then I he's answered already better the than Dean. <laughs> door in the apron, though. And I've got a really cute apron. It's, like, kind of frilly, and I think it's got cherries or strawberries on it. I've had it since I was a kid, so now it's, like, a cute little apron. But when I was a kid, it was, like, a full-length apron. That's really cute, though. Anyway, <laughs> I did this because Rory did this. <laughs> I did I not, however, do a steak. If I could have recreated that dress, I probably would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. If I wasn't super tall, I would do the feels. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. I did this because I enjoy cooking, right? Mm-hmm. And I enjoy baking. And because I thought it would be a fun thing that I could do with slash for my boyfriend. We mm-hmm. had not been fighting about gender roles literally yeah. up until that day. You know, because you're right, Sandra. I think it's a great point. When she shows up in that dress and Dean is, like, shocked to see her, the way that the plot had been moving throughout the episode, she should have still been mad. Yeah. yeah. She should have been like, is this what you were hoping for? You know, like, but I, I no. thought that's where it's going, but that's not where it goes. She's just a Stepford wife for the evening, yeah. and she's totally happy with it. And she's like... I'll clean the dishes. You can't clean the dishes for another 15 years. Just weird. Just let him do I the dishes. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> like, as, you know, we've we've already discussed, right, that if, if a woman wants to be a homemaker, like, that is, abs- if a man wants to be a homemaker, if a non-binary mm-hmm. person wants to be a homemaker, that is all completely okay. But if your response is to drop all of the argument and just serve the person you've been arguing with it feels weird and i was gonna say earlier we've been talking in in the last couple of episodes about rory seeming very emotionally intelligent right in her discussion with max and the nicknames we said it was really you know mature of her to be able to articulate i'm not comfortable with that and in her dealings with paris where paris is just being nasty and and Rory is able to rise above that and kind of be extremely emotionally mature and just, you know, lay things out. For her then, I feel like this is a very immature thing to do. It was just weird. So it's like... It doesn't make sense. 
It doesn't. It, it's like she is almost saying, okay, I can do the Donna Reed thing because in Donna Reed's situation, she was doing all these great things behind the scenes that you just didn't know about. So it's like, it's almost like she's like, okay, I'm okay with the oppressed housewife because in this one situation, it wasn't that. Without expanding, I guess, like, uh, it's, there's still a lot of implications in her doing that. I feel like she's almost saying it's okay to do that, which it is, like you said, Jess, it is if it's a choice. But at that time frame when the Donna Reed show is out, it wasn't necessarily a choice. Yeah. And I feel like with Rory going through and doing it this way, she's almost backtracking on her feminist Mm -hmm. views. And yeah. it, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think you're right, um, just when you were we talked off podcast, um, where you said that this was an issue, a, a special episode mm-hmm. done wrong. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I just agree with that completely. I, I know where they were trying to get, but they didn't get there. They actually went backwards. Yeah, they yeah. got like halfway there, yeah. and then they were like. But it would be cute if she wore the dress. <laughs> yeah. Or he's yeah. like, oh, you're right. And Dean's like, yay, Stepford Wife. And like, that's that's it. That's the message you're going to go with. I mean, that's, great episode, that's where guys. the fight's going to win. Favorite episode. Yeah. To be fair, uh, it's not like they have an especially yeah. exciting date. You know, like it no. literally seems like he comes in, she has food on the table. They sit down and eat. He seems to be pretty focused on eating. He likes to eat. He's a complex well, character. Kind of his personality. <laughs> He's, she's like, is it good? And he was like, it's amazing. And then she says, look at the jello. And then it's over, right? No, like, no, no. He, don't forget, she forgot to make the rolls. Yeah, yes, that she did. whole moment. And she, yeah. And he and pulls her onto his lap it. and like. I didn't like that. I mean, whatever. Boyfriends <laughs> do that all the time. But like, I was just like, why are you on his lap? No, but I it just was like being somebody that's why. And the man pulls wife on the lap, and she's a good girl. Little girl, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh. Admittedly, yeah. though. He does say. I'm trying to think I about don't like. I expect you to be Donna Reed. Yeah. Yes. Which I think is kind of good that he said that because yeah. it's the way he... that she's acting, it seems like she's like. This is Donna I'm okay Reed night. With this. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, he says, I don't expect you and I don't want you to be that. Yeah. yeah. So, not even just that he, yeah. I, I feel like it was good that he went to the, I don't want to. I don't want you to be that. Just to be like, I, I understand new time frame. This isn't for everybody. I like you for you, not for who I think you should be. So, I guess. I think Dean just wants ugh. food when he gets home. This is true. Yeah. I mean, like, fair. I do, too. But the, I just get things like the rotisserie chicken from the grocery store. It's just ready <laughs> to eat. ramen noodle. I, or just alternate. Yeah. Because yeah. she also wants food when she gets home. Yeah. Yes. Dean and Rory, they have their little moment. And um, he's like, oh, I'll do the thing that men can do and take out the trash. Right? I'm sorry if I sound like I hate Dean. I do hate Dean. <laughs> That's why I sound that way. Anyways, uh... He goes out to take out the trash, and at the same time, Luke is taking out the lemon lamp. Poor R.I.P. this Rest lemon in lamp. Peace. <laughs> she was so young. <laughs> First episode and gone. We barely and, knew um, you. 
being super rude to Fook. Yeah. What are you doing here? Excuse me. Well, who the Luke's f- the adult, so again, child, answer the question, yeah. child. What yeah. are you doing here in a house with a sixteen-year-old? Like, I understand Dean's not a child, but like, he's but not I mean, in the he, right. He's... No, I feel like Dean has like in this time that he's been dating Rory has kind of stepped into this like man of the house kind of position right as like the resident dude who hangs out with them and i yeah. feel like he probably is kind of being protective over the gilmore girls which is like stupid because luke needs to protect them from you dean um but it's just like it's inappropriate and it also makes me think about how lorelei interacts with dean most of the time and we've talked about that a little bit where she interacts with him like a peer Yes. And, like, they're more mature than Rory, and it's sometimes it's just kind of icky. But, yeah. yeah, weird for Dean to just come out and immediately be like, what are you doing here? What are like, you doing here? And, like, there's definitely comparisons between the two um, events. The right. Two, right? Always. Like, Luke thinks that it's a booty call. Mm-hmm. And, and in Dean's case, it kind of is a booty call, but not. Right? It's like, a it's foodie not gonna call. Go that, yeah, it's not going to go that far. <laughs> Um, but, like, taking out the trash at the same time, and then the girls come out at the same, basically the same time, and it's, it's a mess of a scene. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm kind of confused on, like, Lorelai's reaction, because she looks so confused by Dean being there, but then at the same time, she's like, okay, I expected your boyfriend to be there. I'm like, but wait, why are you, I totally get you being surprised by, like, the outfit, but, like, when you come out and see Dean there, you're like, oh, shit, Dean's here. Yeah. Yeah. Why isn't she more angry? Right? Because, like, like, I... Literally, the last time that Rory and Dean were, like, alone together. It was a thing. It was a huge thing. It was a shit show. But now it's okay. And, yeah. Now it's okay? Now Rory's worst crime. Yeah. And now it's okay. Now Rory's worst crime is dressing up. And Lorelai immediately goes in on her. If my mom came out and saw me, and I mean, if my mom came out and saw me, like, wearing, like, weird sexy lingerie or something, then she could be like, what are you wearing? But, I mean, Rory was fully dressed. She looked very pretty. She did look cute. It was a weird moment. There's a lot of, just, I feel like there's just a lot of shaming in this episode. Yeah. I mean, there's the salad shaming, there's the stay-at-home mom shaming, the Donna Reed shaming, the, um, oh, there was another one. I forget. Well, her outfit I shaming. Mean, and, yeah, yeah honestly, now the outfit yeah. shaming, yeah. But, like, if I was dressed up like Rory and Lor- and my mom came out and just, like, what are you wearing? And just laughed and, you oh, my God. And, like, I would be heartbroken. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I would be so sad. <laughs> But, I mean, that's kind of, like, Lorelai's M.O., right? Like, she always leads with humor. She always leads with jokes. And sometimes has to apologize. Yeah. In this this time, she should have pulled a mom card. She should have been like, hey, it was kind of inappropriate for you to have your boyfriend over in a house all by yourself. Please tell me next time. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't even tell her. Well, and, like, there's also no resolution to this scene because 
you know, the boys on. are like, peace, we're getting out of here. And then, boom, the kitten is missing and the whole fiasco starts over again. Yeah. You know? That was another problem I had. Rory walks back into the house and immediately comes back out. I, Apricot's gone. I'm like, where did you look? <laughs> was she just like not in the one spot that she had been sleeping a yeah, half I think hour that before? Was it. <laughs> and so, oh God, she's gone. Yeah. But I guess the difference between um, Lorelai losing Stella and Rory losing uh, Apricot is that Rory immediately calls for her mom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Lorelai calls for Luke. And she yeah. gets called the F out by Suki in mm-hmm. this next scene. So, so good. So good. Yeah. And she gets so mad. Oh, she good does. for Suki, though. Like, yeah. Yeah. we had a string of episodes where Suki is, like, not pulling any punches. I mean, that's yeah, a good friend, and... though. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I, I agree. Don't. Just don't put, like, I need that to keep me grounded. To keep me from, like, like she's going honest. off She's like... Hand. You picked Luke for a reason. You could have asked me. You could have asked this person. You could have asked that person. You asked Luke. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I love that she listed Andrew among the people that Lorelai right. could have called upon because he just lives oh. around the corner. You mean Andrew, the, the fake paparazzi guy? Like, yeah, right. Because at that point, Miss does Patty? Andrew even have a name? Yeah, like, yeah they said Andrew, and we've yeah, seen yeah, Andrew I know at one already. town meeting. I, okay, yes. I can't remember. I know Suki said Andrew. I just didn't know if this actor had been associated to be Andrew. Yet. Yeah, I, 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 I think, think so, so. Yes. Okay, yeah. Miss Patty raises chickens. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> what? That blew my mind. What? I was In like, wait, what? Dance recitals. <laughs> and quickly, because we brought up the chickens. I think it was unfairly cruel of Suki to refuse to yeah. make Michelle the omelet that he wanted if yeah. she was going to make it an, an omelet either way. I really didn't like that fight. Michelle was weird. Like, well, not weird, but he was talking about people's weight, right? Like, mm-hmm. really yeah. heavily. And I don't know if that's why Suki's pissed off or if Suki just isn't into M- Michelle today. Like, I don't. I mean, is anybody Michelle, ever like, into him? Outright calls Suki out. Like I, I wrote this down because this really bothered me. Um, he says something along the lines of like, "I can't eat that and look like her." Yes. Yeah. Because the Gilmore Girls can eat anything. But I thought he was talking about Lorelai. Yeah. I, I maybe maybe I was just reading into it. I can maybe rewatch the scene again. But I took it as he was talking about Suki because I thought he was talking to Lorelai. I thought he was talking to Suki, and he okay. because Lorelai was eating the omelet at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I thought okay. that he was kind of making a reference to like Lorelai can eat everything and still look like that because that's, that's like I a running okay. bit. Um, but I still think it was an insult to Suki. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh so, yeah. So like, I, I'm I, both of them sucked in the scene. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, she was great with Lorelai, but with Michelle, it was just weird. It was yeah. mean. Which yeah. is kind of out of character for Suki to be, like, I know she likes to pick on Michelle. Michelle brings it on himself. But in a situation like this, it's just kind of, why? Like, Especially, like, with the reveal of, like, but you make a great egg white omelet. I know. Yeah. Like, it was purely why? for the sake of just petty. being, yeah, petty. Yeah. We oh, do well. find out that Suki and Jackson are, uh, you know. Hot and heavy. Because <laughs> we can't say the word. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> a bat in my attic. Oh, Suki. <laughs> Jackson's all like, I'll give you a bat in your attic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I God. Just, I, love, I love them, and I love that their relationship is progressing off screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I like that we, like, I know there's a lot of issues of being told and not shown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this, I think hearing about it, though, as it happens is really good. Because with the whole Lorelai and Max thing, we don't even get told about it until it's relevant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And this also, it flows so perfectly into what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a, a example from Suki's life of, like, well, I mean, the thing you did kind of sounds like the thing that I did when I was trying to get a different and outcome. it worked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we continue on to our next Friday night dinner. So we had two Friday night dinners. It's in another week-long yeah. episode. Yep. And uh, I think Lorelai is completely correct with her assessment of the both of you are going to hell. But Richard's <laughs> response of, well, at least we'll be well-rested was perfect. <laughs> And, like, the laugh, the, like, <laughs> evil cackle, it's so yes. good. <laughs> I mean, and, like, the whole scene, again, it's, like, I don't know what got into ASP writing this particular episode, but she was, like, ooh, do I have plans? The Gilmores are going to be bougie, and they're going to be ridiculous. It's, I, so, it's so good. <laughs> it's It's delivered so well. I mean, that's what you get when you have that kind of, like, star power, right? Yeah. Like, Ed and, and Kelly together are just a, such a dynamic duo, and we haven't gotten really to are. see them pull mm-hmm. out those acting chops a whole lot. They've just kind of been grumpy parents, and now it's like, we've seen them be emotional, and we've seen them be funny. It's like, yes, let them breathe, let them live. <laughs> this is where Lorelai gets her humor and her wittiness. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. obviously not yes. applied in the same ways, but it is, like, Lorelai is clearly her parents, whether she likes it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we kind of saw how Emily and Richard talk to each other, like, privately, I guess, because mm-hmm. they weren't really focusing on the Gilmore Girls. Um, Richard's the man of the house, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Emily's the housewife, right? Yeah. She is Donna Reed, but not mm-hmm. because she chooses to do that. And yeah. she loves her life. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. I think Rory, next time she wants to look at a housewife uh, example, she should look at her grandmother. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that her grandmother isn't being bougie and weird. Yeah. <laughs> very, very rich in this episode. because She is. But uh, she's a housewife. Well, I yeah. feel like Emily has a lot more going for her, too, than, like, just Donna Reed in that show would. Because, like, Emily's part of committee, uh, committees. She's on museum yeah. boards and the DAR, and she plans parties as essentially Richard's business mm-hmm. liaison or something. Like, her role is more than just making sure dinner is on the table every night. That's true. Yeah. We see another example of uh, Lorelai being like, things aren't going my way. I'm going to lash out at somebody I love with the little apron jab. Like, come Mm -hmm. on, Lorelai. Come on. but immature. Yeah. Yeah. It does lead us to... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say, there was a small mention of Suki with her medicine bag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Things. And the Valium. (laughs) The Valium. Yeah. 
Jasuki has all the medicine, apparently. Rory looked really happy and excited to go for a weekend to Martha's Vineyard. And yeah. Yeah, like shut her down, man. Oh. Yeah. I mean, like, let Rory go on her own. I mean, right? who would be better chaperones than her grandparents? Yeah. They would not let her get into anything, you know? Right? <laughs> no, but that's part of what Lorelai hates, though, is Rory getting involved in her grandparents' life. Yes. It's, it's she not has that separation she's... anxiety, I'm telling you. She does not like her daughter away from her. Well, it's not even just that. It's she just does not want Rory into that rich girl world. And she fits in really she's well. Like, I broke out of that, and I don't want you back there. Yeah. <sighs> well, that's well, not how I mean, things go. <laughs> we do have... For some reason, yet another scene where Lorelai and her mother have a heart-to-heart about men. Because Emily is the OG Luke and Lorelai shipper. But then she's kind of not. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, okay, great. We we can now talk about what the hell you're thinking about. Oh my gosh. But like that bait and switch. Because she was. She was shipping so hard. She was like, please, Lorelai, you know, don't just be honest. Be honest with me. And Lorelai is like, okay, I'm going to do it. Maybe I do like him. And then she goes for the kill. (laughs) Yep. Basically. (sighs) Oh, Emily. Emily, Emily, Emily. Um, I just. Does she like Luke? I don't think so. I mean, we get to see what she thinks about Luke later on. Yeah. yeah. But Lorelai admits to liking him. Yeah. Which good. Well, maybe. Maybe. Kind of processing. We're almost done. Because the episode ends there. Yes. Nothing else happens. <laughs> nothing else happens after that. <laughs> hey, guys. Nice shirt. Take it off. Oh, Ugh. my God. Welcome to the introduction to Christopher. Like, and what an entrance. So, okay, so first of all, that's the first thing he chooses to say. But he takes the helmet off, and Rory still just stares doesn't, at him. Yeah, she doesn't She does recognize not recognize him, him until Ror- Lorelai says, Christopher, <gasps> Dad! That's crazy. You don't recognize your own father. Well, I mean, to she be completely fair to both of them... He did start off as a stunt man. <laughs> he did. He was a different he person. He also ended as a stunt man. <laughs> but yeah, no, weird that and also Lorelai being so specific about the type of motorcycle and like of That's course, so out of character too. Like I I don't get that. That felt like past Lorelai, teen Lorelai yeah. would have said that. Mm-hmm. But Nope. Maybe that was like teen Lorelai and Christopher's favorite bike or something, and that's how why she remembers it. And Christopher's like, had the same motorcycle for twenty years. I mean, yeah, or maybe he years. waited until he was rich yeah. and got one. But yeah, I don't know. But Christopher's here. He's here, yeah. of course. Do you miss Christopher because things are going well with Luke and Lorelai. How do we immediately put a stop to that? You drop a Christopher in the middle of it. And the power struggle that's immediately there between Lorelai and Christopher. Yeah. And how uh, hard. It's going to be dramatic. You can immediately see what that relationship is. Of Chris mm-hmm. showing up when it's appropriate to be the fun parent and making Lorelai mm-hmm. feel like the bad parent because she won't say yep. yes. Yeah. And 
Christopher getting his way because he knows how to play Lorelai. Yep. Yep. Uh, Damn. <laughs> we are doing so well. And then Christopher. Well, that was the episode that damn Donna Reed. Guys, who was town person of the week? It was Dean, right? Dean's the town person of the week. Wait, are we going to have another anti-town person of the week after Rune? <laughs> you know what? No. Christopher. Yeah. Christopher sucks. I have a town's person of the week. Okay, Because cool. I think that there was one person anyone. in this uh-huh. episode who was true to themselves, a good friend, and a good person. And that's Luke Danes. Seconded. Okay. He, like, you know, he admits where he needs help with the painting thing. He has a good time with Lorelai. He's being flirty. He shows up for the booty call. He helps he find a chick. Right. He, he does all of the things. He thinks he's making some progress. We need to give this to him because it's the only thing he's going to get for a little while. Um, do you want to know who my two people are? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're neither, neither of them are Luke, but it's, it, Luke is going to win. All right. <laughs> but my person was Maury. Yeah. Was like good everyone else Maury. sucks here. <laughs> or Apricot, because it's a really cute kid. Oh, that was it. That, that, Apricot could be kitten people. of the can week. I, can I change my vote <laughs> to Apricot? <laughs> can Apricot win kitten of the week? I think Apricot can win Kitten of the Week, and I okay. think Luke can be Town's Person of the Week. Oh, Town's okay. Kitten of the Week, my bad. There we go. <laughs> I like it. All right, Luke Danes. Uh, so we've actually kind of already covered our reference of the week for this week with our deep dive into Donna Reed, all things Donna Reed. Uh, but I hear we've got some books. Reading books with Okay, so we don't have a whole lot of books mentioned this week. We have one short mention from Richard's upcoming business trip to Madrid. He says something to Rory along the lines of bringing back some Cervantes for her. For her. Mm-hmm. So Cervantes would be Miguel, Miguel de Cervantes from Madrid, who is the writer of, I can only assume, the infamous Don, Quixo- Don Quixote. Um, the original story being the ingenious gentleman Don Quixote of La Mancha. I feel like Don Quixote has just like such an interesting storyline. It's been in a lot of pop culture, but the basic storyline is so it revolves around the adventures of a noble named Alonso Quijano who reads so many chival- chivalric romances that he loses his mind and decides to become a knight errant to revive chivalry and serve his nation under the name Don Quixote. He recruits a simple farmer, Sancho Panza, as his squire, who often employs a unique earthy wit in dealing with Quixote's rhetorical monologues on knighthood, already considered old-fashioned at the time. So Don Quixote, in the first part of the book, does not see the world for what it is and prefers to imagine that he is living out a knightly story. So basically, anytime you see a knight in a contemporary movie monologuing and being chivalrous, probably with some kind of accent, 
Most likely that's a reference to Don Quixote. (laughs) It's just great. Very interesting. Okay, so that is the exciting story of Don Quixote. I highly recommend it. Um, But after that, of course, we have Fashion with Jess. Welcome to Jess's Fashion Corner. Okay, so it's another week-long episode, which means we got a lot of clothes to cover. Um, We have one really big outfit that I want to focus on, so I'm going to quickly run through the other stuff. You won't believe it, we open both girls in shearling jackets, the same shearling jackets they've worn all season and will continue to wear all season. Also pointed out already, Taylor wearing the same cardigan, exact same cardigan. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. Oh, of course. Uh, what else is he going to wear? I mean, yeah, the man's the man's a man of uh, distinction. High taste? High taste. Yes. It's the man of many cardigans. <laughs> At the first Friday night dinner, we see Lorelai in a purple V-neck sweater, um, and the outfit that uh, Sandra has already pointed out, Rory in a dress with a red cardigan. Um, And the thing that jumped out to me about this outfit is she has a matching red scrunchie in her ponytail. Mm -hmm. And we haven't really seen scrunchies. We've heard scrunchies talked about, but this is the first scrunchie we've really seen. Um, Very much 2000s. Uh, in the kitchen scene, we have Lorelai wearing what I'm going to say, worst dressed of the episode, this terrible green elbow length, tight mock neck, turtleneck shirt. It's a green, black, orange, gray mixed stripe. I just, the coloring is not great. We see a lot of great jewel tones on uh, Lorelai, and this is not a great look. Rory's in her uniform, but Babette bursts in in my item to steal of the episode which is this really great loose jacket she's got with some like floral funky appliques i absolutely Mm. love it i would wear it in a heartbeat with like a tank top and some jeans moving on we see dean in a gray nike hoodie uh with his leather jacket of course because it wouldn't be dean without the leather jacket that apparently makes him look like christopher now they've both been in the same episode i wouldn't say they look anything alike Nope. <laughs> during He's like two feet taller than Christopher. Yep. <laughs> um, during the uh, chick loss and the chick intro scene, Lorelai is wearing a blue, green, purple kind of tie dye shirt with some print on it, kind of like abstract paisley mixed stuff. It's incredibly two thousands. It's very casual. It's very cute. It's extremely Lorelai. Rhinestones. Uh, I think I had that sweater. Right. I mean, like, like, I feel like I had something similar right? to that. It was mm-hmm. the color palette was very, very hot. That like cool tone tie dye. And I mean, it looks great on Lauren. She looks great in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next door, we have <laughs> Apricot being the cutest kitten ever wearing <laughs> actor's own clothes, of course. Uh, <laughs> Rory's wearing this striped sweater jacket. Again, just kind of weird short sleeves. Um, I think it's it kind of ages her. It doesn't look like something I think a, a teenager would wear. She doesn't wear it for very long. Briefly, we see Lane. Ugh, hashtag justice for Lane. Let this girl wear something that's not a button down. I just think it's so yeah. interesting. We see Lane all by herself in her bedroom, and she's still wearing a full button up, buttoned all the way to the neck. Just like sitting doing her homework, looking like a tiny businessman. Well, um, Mrs. Kim can walk in at any moment. Right? And God forbid you unbutton slightly to be more comfortable in your bedroom. 
Yep. It would be um, too sexy. And then uh, I'll quickly cover the other ones. Uh, at the end, at the end, we have Suki in a green crochet bandana and Lorelai in a very shiny satin purple shirt. Uh, and the second Friday night dinner is a little bit more casual. We have Rory in a green floral dress with a purple cardigan. And Lorelai is in this blush, kind of like greenery, butterfly mixed print blouse. It's very pretty. Uh, in the very final scene, when we see Christopher, Lorelai is wearing the same red top and shearling jacket that she wore in the first scene of the episode with the addition of a dark zip-up sweater. And Rory is wearing a somehow unflattering baby blue uh, top, which is kind of unimaginable because of these, the eyes they have. Uh, and both are wearing jeans. But to get to the crowning achievement of this episode is the Donna Reed outfit. Rory has found herself, we have no clue how, where or how, this very Magical cute... Dress. Um, kind of A-line orange gingham dress. It's sleeveless. It's got cute little white uh, pocket accents. She's got a frilly white apron, an orange headband. She's done her hair up in kind of a slight poof bouffant on top, and it's long. Um, and she has the cutest little orange shoes. Those were my other potential steal. She's got yeah. these orange heels. They're like a neon orange. Absolutely killer. They make her legs look amazing. I mean, Alexis Bledel looks great, but, um, but yeah, this is like the big, the big outfit of the episode. Emily already mentioned the crinoline or the petticoats. It is a big, poofy house dress. So, I mean, it's, it was a, I mean, as far as, like, fashion goes, there weren't a whole lot of standout pieces in this episode. Uh, like I said, my item to steal would be Babette's very cool black, like, applique jacket. My worst dressed is Lorelai in that kind of weird green-orange mixed top. And I also just don't love those that length of sleeve where it's, like, tight and it stops above your elbow. Not my, I don't think it's super flattering. I mean, it looks great on Lauren because she's Lauren. Uh, and yeah, if there's no other fashion, I think it's probably time for us to check on our uh, Stars Hollow Speaks. Yeah. As you guys should know, or hopefully know, we are available on Instagram or on Twitter or any of those sites. You can also email us anything you like. You can review what we said or even um, if you agree or disagree with something we said, which is actually what Carrie did. So Carrie sent us a really nice email. She said, girls, I love the recent episode Paris is Burning. I was laughing at the simplest things when you were describing the breakup scene between Max and Laura, because you're right. You'd have thought that Laura Life had been would have been able to break up with Max better than that. She also says that I agree with Sandra, though, that I didn't like Paris in this episode either. I feel like it was a sly bitchy thing to do sorry for my language and for hers and um yes paris is one of those people who is headstrong but to me it was out of character for her to do something so vicious to someone i completely agree obviously you're agreeing with me so i agree with you um uh i i'm taking a different stance yeah yeah i no longer believe what i said um but thank you so much carrie it was really nice to hear from you again and uh we're gonna keep hearing from carrie because she's awesome and she emailed us this long list of things. If you guys also want to email us, 
Uh, all our uh, email and socials are at the end of the episode. Also, review us on Apple Podcasts. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> give us some reviews and ratings. Even if you don't want to write a review, just giving us a five-star rating, if you think that we're a five-star podcast, does a lot for us, and we really yes, appreciate it. it. Quick shout-out as well to Tasha on Instagram for commenting on Attack of the Rune. <laughs> that she uh, loved it, Rune. too. Rune is the worst. So, so thank you to Tasha as well for the Instagram comment. <laughs> And uh, that was Stars Hollow Speaks, which leads us into coffee. 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 So I had a difficult time with coffee for this episode because there is no coffee poured, right? There's no coffee given, but there are coffee cups abound. Hmm. So if we count those of off-screen coffee, Lorelai technically drank two cups of coffee. We just never saw her actually drink them. Mm-hmm. Okay. If if we're just counting things that, you know, she drank on screen, it would have been zero and Roy was zero as well. Another zero episode. I mean, I think that we yeah. have to stick to our rule of they have to drink it. We have to yeah. see them put it into their bodies. They have yep. to drink mm-hmm. that Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Only Rory. Well, yeah, Lauren so... like, does Lauren Graham drink Coca-Cola too? I mean, it or... would make sense. I, I know I read about how Alexis Bledel would drink Coke. Yeah, because she mm-hmm. wasn't a huge fan of hot coffee. I didn't know about Lauren Graham, though. I'm not sure, but regardless, it did not happen in this episode. So, no coffee. Even with a coffee cup wall. Yeah. Even in Luke's diner. The... How many times yeah. were there? Two or three? Yeah, nothing. That was that damn Donna Reed. I forgot the title of the, the episode. That was that damn uh, Donna Reed. And not my favorite episode. Actually, it's one of my least favorite episodes. So, I believe yeah. Carrie said yeah. in her email it's in the bottom five for her. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. On a seven season show, you know it's gotta be a rough one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is a but, rough one. But Christopher is officially uh, here. And he's that here to make s- it better. <laughs> yeah. But as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Please reach out to us again. Our social media posts will be at the end, but Instagram, Twitter, email reviews wherever you can this is emily and i was sandra and i'm jess and we will see you in the next episode hey everyone connect with us on social media we are on twitter and on instagram at town meeting pod that is p-o-d at the end or you can email us at townmeetingpod at gmail.com please feel free to message us even if it's the smallest thing we love getting all of your responses and Truly, thank you for all the support and love you've given us so far.